This is Owen Sinner Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Sinner Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here as ever with Ruth. Hello. Um, Ruth has selfishly decided to go on a great adventure travelling around America. Um, and as a consequence, this is the first time we are doing a podcast uh, in her new digs. How are your new digs? On that new digs? Well, they are four wheels. Wow. <laughs> we are, we're in Oregon. We have a trailer and we've managed to get from Boston to Oregon in about the last six weeks. Um, and then we're going to hole up here for a little bit and, and enjoy the Western states. Yeah, Ruth is currently residing in a vineyard, which I am not jealous of in any way, shape or form. <laughs> but she has bought herself a lovely headset uh, for this, which looks like she could be a salesperson uh, at, a, at a call centre somewhere, even like one of those McDonald's drive through people. Yeah, that's that's probably in my future. I, I suspect could, I could see that. Well, if I could have if I could have a Big Mac at some point, I would be very very grateful. <laughs> Do what I can. I appreciate it. This is the most waffly introduction we've ever done. Um, the point of me ta- say, saying those things uh, is that if there is any kind of sound glitches or things are a bit crackly, this is the first time we're doing this. So excuse us as we uh, experiment with hopefully uh, getting things spot on in the future. So we have a three-part podcast for you today. Um, First of all, we're going to talk about the start of the season for Cardiff, Swansea, Newport and Wrexham. We are then going to talk a little bit about the Wales squad, um, the players who are in, the players who aren't, uh, and just a a bit of a look ahead to the Azerbaijan and Belarus games. Um, But there will be a full preview coming out about that. And then after that, you will hear uh, an interview with uh, Wales women player uh, Rhiannon Roberts, which I'm very much looking forward to. We're going to talk to her about the two upcoming uh, qualifiers against the Faroe Islands and Northern Ireland, um, as well as about her career and life in football in general. So, let's start with Swansea, I think. Okay. Um, Just because that's something nice to talk about. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They're on an absolutely brilliant run um unbeaten uh only dropped two points um they're playing birmingham tomorrow we're recording this on saturday afternoon so they're playing birmingham tomorrow morning well morning here midday in the in the uk um yeah just a, a brilliant start and the big surprise for me is obviously the 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 lads who've kind of been out in the cold and on loan like Ayu and baston coming into the side and not only scoring goals but having just a, a big general impact on on the the, the the success of the team in general. Yeah, they look very rejuvenated, that pair in particular, don't they? Um, yeah, they really do. To the point where they're pretty crucial. You know, you worry whether with the uh, opportunity for European teams still to come in for players, whether they're a little bit at risk from a from a swoop there. But equally, you'd want them playing well rather than not. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I think it's just great to see the the progression from last year sustained. The, you know, the, the Swansea way very much is alive and well, I feel, in Cooper's hands. And, you know, overall, I don't think they could have asked for a better start to the season. No, I, I agree, really. And I think I think what they've perhaps decided, you know, in regards to the European window, is perhaps they've thought, look, we haven't, re- we haven't spent any money, really, on replacing McBurney. So let's, you know, we'll pay these extra wages or whatever for the year and that's how we're going to spend that money and that kind of puts them not at risk as much, um, perhaps. Um, it's interesting, actually, you say about the Swansea Way. I read an article today um, 
about how questioning whether the Swansea way is still alive because they've had lower percentage possession stats in all but one of their games so far, which I appreciate is only four games. But um, and you know I remember that's something that Swans fans were big on is main, maintaining the Swansea way. But speaking to people today, it's more about how they use the ball when they have it rather than just kind of having it. Yeah, rather than just not. I don't want to say aimless possession, but um, but being more direct in terms of their, their forward passing. I don't mean long balls, but um, rather than kind of a lot of sideways and resetting if they need to, more kind of direct attacking fast forward balls. Um, and it's obviously it's obviously working. Um, my favourite stat of the year so far is I think they have scored seven goals from nine shots on target. <laughs> well, that's effective possession, if nothing it else, really isn't is. it? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think the Swans have got off to a great start, and I think whether it, they can maintain it obviously depends on they've not got a big squad, have they? No. And that's you know something that's going to be a problem if if people and important people uh, do pick up knocks. But generally speaking, I think the Swans fans will be very very happy with the start to the season. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we'll stay on a relatively positive note and go to Newport. Okay. Um, Newport are also unbeaten. Um, they've had more draws than they have had wins, but um, some great wins nonetheless. Last week against Plymouth, who were top of the table, and today against Crew, who were also top of the table. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a pattern there, isn't it? Yeah. Late, you know, eking out those late winners. Absolutely. Um, another Armand uh, slash and grab today, really. 93rd minute. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and looking at the league table, they're up to fifth, two points off the top. And at the moment, at the moment sorry, only them and Exeter uh, remain unbeaten in that league. Um, but they've scored uh, a decent amount of goals, not conceding too many. Um, but they look kind of quietly efficient, I think is a good way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, the league tables are... They can be very misleading this early in the season, can't they? But equally, you'd rather you see yourself at that end than the than the other end. Yeah. Um, I think it's the fact that they um, they've had a couple of games <laughs> where they've grabbed a win at the end, whereas that might not have happened last season. Um, and I think I think that's a good sign, obviously. No, I, I totally agree with you. And um, yeah, and I think if they can. Uh, win more games than they draw and kind of start to turn that around a bit which it, it seems like they're starting to do looking solid at the back as well then then it's obviously a really really good sign for them moving forward and like you say the, the league table can be a bit of a, a mess at this time of year but equally you'd rather be two points off the top than two points off the bottom so um, I think yeah a good a good start for them and a very very good win today uh, for Newport on a less uh, slightly less positive note perhaps uh, let's look at Cardiff, who have had a kind of uh, mixed bag sort of a start to the season. Yeah, and no, I can't agree, but agree with that. You look at the, they're scoring goals, but they're letting them in, yeah. which seems to be a bit un-Cardiff-like, as it were. Um, obviously, a, I think a draw away at Blackburn today, it sounds like the game could have gone either way. Yeah. So uh, I think they'll be happy with that draw. It's... <sighs> It's just a bit of a uh, start to the season, all things considered, isn't it? They're, yeah. they're a bit betwixt and between. And 
you, you can't put your finger on exactly what the issue is. It's not as though they're letting in three goals every game. Um, it's not as though they're not scoring. It it's just seems a little un-Warnock-like. Um, there's been quite a lot of changes. Um, I noticed that Bokes didn't play today, for example. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think really they just need to settle down and decide what they're trying to be in that league. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's an interesting one as well. Warnock, after the game today, promised big changes again ahead of the next game. And you kind of worry a little bit if perhaps he doesn't actually know sort of what his best starting lineup is, what his best formation is, what his best setup is. And he's kind of experimenting, but it's not pre-season anymore. It's, you know, the real, the real, real deal has started. And that's the only concern I have there is that I think they've started the season not actually knowing their best way to play or their best way forward. Yeah, that, I think that's a good summary of the issue. And they've got to get there quick. That's such a busy league. Yeah. I mean, they're playing again on Tuesday. You've yeah. got to know where you're going. You've got to know what your Saturday team is. You've got to know what your Tuesday team is. You've got to exactly. make it work. And I think, you know, we were talking about the, the league table being a bit of a jumble sort of thing. I mean, they are still only four points off being in the automatic spots as things stand. So it's not like they're kind of losing ground a lot. Um, but you'd feel if this kind of... Um, hit and miss sort of approach continues then things aren't going to stay that way for much longer No, I think that's the most unsettling part isn't it the fact that it is so unsettled Yeah, exactly um, Sticking with unsettled, we'll finish with Wrexham, <laughs> I've, I've maybe unsettled is a little bit harsh, because they have only lost once this season um, Yeah, it's they got another draw today yeah. against Barnett after taking the lead, which has happened before this season as well, which is frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I think that, sadly, is a bit of a pattern from last year mm. as well, isn't it? Giving away those goals and going from winning positions to, to draws and, and, and such. But um, equally, you know, they're they're knocking on the door of the playoff place at the minute. Um, six games in in that league. So, it, I mean, it, it's a little... There's a little bit more information that you can glean from the table, but it's still such such an early point in the season. Yeah, I think the fact that they're scoring goals is encouraging. That's clearly been an issue in the Absolutely. last two seasons plus. Um, so, yeah, I think as as long as they can hang on to that ability to score goals and just get themselves shored up a little bit at the yeah. back, hopefully. That's going to solidify a strength, and they can they can push forward a little better. Yeah, now. no, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, 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 the big thing for them is I do think they need to. They can't kind of bumble along like they seem to do in the middle of last season, where they kind of won a couple, lost a couple, picked up too many draws. I think if they want to keep in touch with people at the top, they've got to they've got to stay in touch kind of early doors, and they can't have too wobbly a start for the year uh, for the season. Sorry, um, but yeah, I, I still. I initially said I thought they'd go up um, and all of a sudden I am starting to have doubts. I also said the Cardiff would go up, so I probably jinxed the pair of them. But I am starting to have a few more doubts about Wrexham only because now they are, again, I know it's early, but six points off the top of the league. Um, there are other teams who are kind of on a solid you know, winning runs and are winning a decent amount of games already. So it's, um, I don't know, a bit, of a bit of a funny one there. Yes, we keep 
saying this every time we talk about the National League, that it's just such a hard league yeah, to get out of. It really is. Um, you can have an outstanding season and not get anywhere near leaving that leaving that division. And I, I think that's what makes it so imperative, as you say, that there's some consistency to your play. You can't have two, three weeks where you drop off the pace. And to sustain that through to late April is really difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just will point out, actually, if, if anyone hears any kind of groans or grow, or growls in the background, that is not, you know, we've, we've had lunch. It's not our stomachs. Uh, it's uh, it's Seren, uh, Ruth's dog, in the background, who is obviously desperate to be uh, part of the Welsh football podcasting world. Yes. Who, yeah. can, who can blame her? <laughs> um, to move on. Oh, I just wanted to mention Merthyr briefly. Um, mm-hmm. they, they lost today to Farnborough Town. Um, they've also had very much a bit of a, uh, a mixed bag start to the season. I think they've only won once, um, which was against Gosport Borough. So they've kind of had a bit of a, as I say, a bit of a mixed bag of a start. And they find themselves, yeah, one win, one draw, two defeats, four points, 14th place in the league. Um so yeah, again a bit of a mixed bag of a start for them. So I hope they can uh, push on a little bit and get a few more, get a few more points in the bag. Yeah. Um, to move I, on. Sorry, go on. I know you didn't want to spend much time looking at the Welsh league just because we've got so much other stuff to yeah. cover. But there was such an interesting win for Bala over TNS yes, last right. night that I think that warrants mentioning. In Absolutely. hopefully a sign that. We're going to have a league that's a a little more uh, equal in in terms of how the results flow. Yeah, a bit more of a competition. Yeah, yeah. I wrote in my pre pre season blog that I thought this was the year that things were going to change. So that's perhaps uh, a prediction I've got close to getting right four weeks <laughs> in or three weeks in or whatever. Uh, another good win for Barry last night as well. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. I think it's going to be a bit bit more of a of a tighter league this year and a bit more of a competition. Um, but no, that's a very, very, very valid point. Um, we will move on. So the next thing we're going to come and talk about is the announcement of the Wales squad. Apart from the one obvious exception, which was Ash, um, I don't really think there were many surprises in there. Everything was sort of as expected, I'd say. Yeah, I think when you're, when you're taking 26... That's that's enough manpower to should leave you without any questions, really, shouldn't you? It, shouldn't it? In terms of the uh, the actual makeup of the squad, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll good cu- to see Sorry, go on. Um, some you know some people who had an impact in in the training in the summer, um, like um, Joe Morell at Lincoln. It's good to see them involved still. Uh, but I think basically. Otherwise, I think the squad is what you'd expect. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, obviously, I think for the actual qualifier itself, it's got to be cut down to 23. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe some of those younger players might be might be the ones that miss out, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, obviously, Rodden is in there as well. He's uncapped. He's been in the squad before, but he's uncapped. He's in, as is Kiefer Moore. Um, I was reading today, it sounds like Kiefer Moore might be out injured. We're going to have taken him out for at least for two weeks they were talking about so it might be that he's he's not an option for us well i did i wasn't aware of that that's a shame um dan james seemed to get a bit of a knock in the first half today but 
that seemed to go away quite quickly. And obviously, he scored today. If you haven't seen Dan James's goal today, it's on our it's on our Twitter feed. It's uh, it's a very very good finish. Um, in a hilarious game of football, might I add, um, involving a missed penalty and Manchester, Manchester United losing uh, to Crystal Palace, who very did very little in an attacking sense. A thoroughly enjoyable game. Um, if we do look at the big names then who are who are missing out, um, Ash is obviously the, the big one, but also Paul Dummett, uh, who basically has called time on his Wales career, from what I can gather. So, I mean, I hope we've pulled the plug on him regardless of what his opinion about this is too many bridges burnt for me yeah i mean it's hard it's hard to disagree you know i've i'm obviously someone who has uh, has done my best to support and champion him but ultimately you can't keep turning your back on on the on the country and and expect people to a support you and b um for you to kind of still be getting a chance at selection really it's is uh, the biggest shame of it for me is that he is a very, very good defender, and he's a Premier League standard defender. And at the minute, when we're in a position where Ash isn't obviously got, well, he is now got a club, but he's obviously not in the squad. Um, there's a lot of inexperience around for someone who's a Premier League standard experienced centre half or, or fullback. I feel like it's a shame, really, that he's not involved because I feel like he's someone who could really help us out with the minute. I mean, I think that's the frustration of it, isn't it? We've got issues there questions at least at the back and to have as you say someone with that level of experience and he's a good player you can't pretend it's not a good player to be chilling and and shallying like this it's just but you just you've got to build some we have to build some consistency and some stability there and his involvement at the minute isn't helping so i would just just pull the plug Absolutely, I think it's safe to say he's done. And you know, even I, as someone who's one of his supporters, I, I'm I'm more than happy to not see him play for Wales again. I think um, in a time where we've kind of got our first choice centre half partnership isn't there anymore, really, and we're kind of experimenting everything. You think it'd be a bright, a great opportunity for someone to come in and play international football at a high level, but he's just clearly doesn't want to do it, which is which is a shame. But like you say, if he's if he doesn't want to do it, then sod him, frankly. Um, Looking at that, people who have been missed out, uh, have been left out, sorry, Ash is obviously the big name on that list. He's now uh, yesterday confirmed that he's signed for Bristol City. Um, so that's good in that he has got a team again and he's back in the back in the fold of playing football, if you like. Um, what was your take on, on, his, uh, on him not being picked? I was actually really surprised he wasn't part of the squad. I think when someone is your captain, can bring that level of experience, even if you know you're not going to be playing him, what he can bring to help, what might end up being quite a young and inexperienced, certainly centre-back pairing, is I think there's a naivety there. You've got an asset you're not using, and I I think that's short-sighted. I personally look at it, the other view is that you know he's not going to play because he's not obviously he's not had a preseason. He's not fit enough. Um, he's basically going to be taking up a spot on the bench that someone else could have. I think personally, I think it's the right decision not to include him given the circumstances. I think when you look at you know Rob Page being promoted, for example, and there's obviously they want people involved in the coaching staff, then I think there's an element of naivety in perhaps not having him around in some sort of role. But equally, I guess. He's just gone to Bristol City. He's 
needs to to work on his fitness and get himself match sharp. So in in that sense, you'd think there's no real point in him just coming and sitting on the bench um, and just geeing up the younger lads. He's better off from a longer term view, perhaps getting himself fit, having a week or however long with his new club and getting himself ready to go so that by the time the next qualifiers come around, he is fully match fit and sharp and, and is ready for action if needed. In fairness to Giggs, I wonder whether, with Ash being in discussion with Bristol, whether there was a little bit of um, Ash knowing that he had to protect his ability to join Bristol. And part of that was getting there as soon as possible, getting into their training regime, showing that he was fit, as you say, doing a sort of mini pre-season. And whether he even had to say to, to Ryan, look, we both know you're not going to play me. I've got this opportunity perhaps at Bristol. Let me try and leverage this, make sure it works out and I'll be ready for you come October. So, you know, that, that in fairness to both of them, that, that might have been a viable scenario. I would just rather that Ash was involved because I think his acumen and understanding and now is just such a valuable asset. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think if we were, do you know what? I think if we were playing Croatia... Uh, or Slovakia or Hungary then yeah I agree with you but you'd like to think that between Giggs, Stoivenberg, Page um, the decent number of experienced players in the squad who are playing at a high level you'd like to think against Azerbaijan and and basically a non-event of a game really against Belarus that we can kind of we can get through without him for one game sort of thing and I think I agree yeah, with you. I, I think, think that's the logic. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't disagree with that. If it, if this was going to fall out in this way, this is the the pair of games where you'd want it to happen. Absolutely. Um, and I, personally, I think it can't have been an easy decision or an easy conversation to have with with Ash. But I do think Giggs, has, in my opinion, anyway, has got this completely spot on. I think I don't. I don't know what the conversation obviously was with Ash, but as a as a longer term view of things, I think taking him away for him to sit on the bench um, I, I don't think there's a value in that so I think in this instance I think he's got it right I, I wouldn't be surprised you know if Ash turned up and did watch the game or something and uh, the night of the game because obviously he's only down the road in Bristol now so maybe that'll happen but either way I do think Giggs has, has called this one spot on in my view Okay we might need to agree to disagree on that one That's fine, that's fine, this is what we're here for Um I did do a Twitter poll today uh, on this, which was, should Ash still be the Wales captain, given he's no longer first choice for the team, or possibly even a guaranteed name in the squad? Um, My options were no to both. He's finished. Yes, he should be in the squad. No, he shouldn't be the captain. Or yes to both. He's an absolute legend. Um, You voted. What did you vote for? Mm -hmm. Um, I actually voted um, oh, the, basically the option where he was still both okay. in the short term. Um, I, I, you know, based on what I've just been saying, I think it's I think his involvement as the captain and the leader of the team is still incredibly valuable, and I I, I think his insight is useful, and so I would have him around for that reason. I think you can make a case that, you know, maybe he's in, maybe he's 
in an extended squad and not actually in the game squad right now. I don't, I don't think there's there's a problem with that argument. Um, but I just feel that there's still things he has to offer. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think I've been critical of him uh, as a player in the last couple of games, and I don't think he's been good enough. So. I, I don't really think that has changed much for me. I, I still think he should be in the squad 100%. I don't think he should be the, be the captain anymore because I don't think, A, he's going to play every game, and B, I don't think he should play every game. I think he's a great, he's a valuable person to have in the squad. Um, But I don't think, like you said, I think, you, you know, as a non-playing member or something, I think that's great. But I don't think your captain should be that. It's not a club where you have a club captain. He's still going to be experienced and vocal around the place. But I think you need someone who's the leader on the pitch and is that role is kind of guaranteed to someone. And I don't think Bale having it for some games and then it going back to Ash when he's back and all this sort of stuff, I'm not really sure. I suppose it's not a huge deal, but I don't. I'm not sure there's a huge benefit to having it as Ash I think I'd rather it be Bale or personally Joe Allen who we know is going to play every single time of the minute uh, when they're available and I think that would be a more kind of sensible way forward but equally I do understand why Giggs hasn't taken the captaincy off him yet yeah I I think it would be premature yeah I agree Um, but yeah overall from people's uh, perspective they broadly speaking agree with agree with us in that they he should be in the squad um but no longer the captain um 32 percent said he's done he shouldn't be involved at all uh 21 percent agreed with you that is yes to both captain and squad and 47 percent uh agreed with me that he should be in the squad but not the captain um which i think is quite interesting that about half of the people Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are in that camp, and the others are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big proportion that think he should be in the squad. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's also true. Yeah. So what is that in total? Forty-seven percent and twenty-one percent, which is sixty-eight percent, judging by my maths, um, means he should be in the squad at, at the very least. So that's very that's a very good point and a and a high number. I wonder if that's. That number might have been different before he signed it on with Bristol. Maybe we're all at that hoping that he's going to find a place, get some form back and, and actually be a contender again for a, for a place in the team. That's true. And I also was wondering whether that answer would have been different about four months ago um, after one of the last times we played um, where he didn't particularly play well. I wasn't sure. Maybe people are kind of looking at, with rose-tinted glasses ever so slightly. Um, but no, generally speaking, uh, I think it's generally unanimous that he should be involved in some way, shape or form. And I think that's fair um, and logical. Um, to stick at the back, um, the big talking point really has been the fact that a lot of our players either aren't playing or have got knocks in some way, shape or form. Um, Hennessy's not played at all yet for Palace in the league this season. Um, obviously, Gunter has not even been in any squads for Reading. I was actually a bit surprised that he was in the squad, I've got to be honest, on the on the same logic. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess that's where Giggs is maybe calling his experience in, um, but someone who probably won't play. Uh, but he's obviously match fixed, has done a full pre-season and stuff. Um, you still feel like he's the best right cover for Roberts though 
it's difficult to see yeah. who else might cover that position if you no, didn't have guns. I think the only thing that I think is weird about the whole situation is that he's not involved at all in the squad. I mean, I don't know, obviously, what's gone on there, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of bloke who's causing trouble and kicking off and throwing his toys out of the pram. So I'm, I am a bit surprised that he's being booted out of the squad completely. I've read that he's been made to train with the under-23s at some point as well, which was a surprise, I've got to be honest. So I'm intrigued to know what the what the situation is a little there. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think... Uh, He's he's definitely our best best cover at right back. Um, obviously, James Lawrence is not pl- well. He's he's actually left uh, Anderlecht now. He wasn't in the squads even at all for Vincent Company's opening few games, which has gone appallingly. As a side note, um, he's moved to St. Pauli in the Bundesliga two. Um, so hopefully he'll get some game time. Ben Davis is obviously recovering from his hernia operation. Chester's nowhere to be seen because he's still injured. Ash is obviously out of the squad. Mepham has played like half of Bournemouth's games. And then we're looking at people like Lockyer and Rodden, who, whilst a good young players, aren't playing at the top level. The only person who's playing regularly at the top level at the minute is Neil Taylor, the left-back, who six months ago you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have guessed. So it's an interesting... Um, set up there. There's two questions I want to ask. We're going to do a full preview uh, for this game, so we don't want to we don't want to waffle too much here, um, especially as we've got the interview to come. Um, but two questions: one, what would your back five or perhaps six be, depending if you're going to play five at the back or four at the back? Um, my second follow-up question is: given none of our kind of first-choice goalkeepers are playing at the minute. And Owen Vaughan Williams is, albeit uh, for Hamilton Academicals. Do you think he should a have got a call up and b be involved at least in in the Belarus game? Right. To answer your first question, I would I would start with Hennessy in goal, and then I'd go Roberts, Mepham, Rodden, Taylor. I wouldn't play Davies because obviously Spurs are protecting him a little bit. And I think just from a kind of um, where we're at, the level of the opposition, I think it might be sensible not to push that particular issue. For the same reason as you were arguing earlier about this is a game where if we're going to be a little, you know, sort of experimental um, this might be the game. So that's why I'd put Rodden in for this one. So I'd have Meps and Rodden. Um, I think it's a close t- call between putting Lockyer in as well. Um, so it wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't surprise me at all if it was Mepham and, Lo- and Lockyer, perhaps, ultimately. I think I agree with you. I think I think it will be uh, Mepham and Lockyer will be the, the starting pair, I think. Mm-hmm. But I I've got a feeling that he might still go for Ben Davis at left back anyway, um, for a bit of kind of experience and now seeing that. Although I suppose Taylor is um, is experienced. I think for me, I too would start Hennessy, um, mm-hmm. and I'd stick with the back four. But I would go with Roberts, Mepham. I'd play Ben Davis at centre back, and then um, Taylor at left back. I think. Okay. Ben Davis's experience is kind of invaluable in that area. I agree Rodden mm-hmm. is probably playing, you know, at a good enough standard at the minute for Swansea 
to warrant an inclusion. But I just think even the standard of the opposition, we just cannot gamble on this game whatsoever uh, in terms of giving someone their first cap in that scenario, in my opinion. Um, we This is an absolutely must, must, must win game for us. So for me, even though Davis is maybe not absolute peak match sharpness, he's still been training, he's still been on the bench for Spurs. So you'd think that he's at least got kind of 60 minutes in him or something like that where we can do enough mm-hmm. of a job to to kind of to to win the game with him on the field and then take him off if needs be to protect him um but i think you're right i think Lockyer will probably start over him but i do think ben davis will play left back and to answer your second question about the goalkeepers i was really surprised that we called up three and none of them are really playing any any regular football i do think Perhaps the goalkeeper is the position where you can get away with it most compared to an outfield player. But I was just really surprised that all three goalkeepers that were called up were in that position. I was surprised with an extended squad um, that we didn't perhaps have a a fourth keeper that was playing. Um, Owen von Williams is perhaps the obvious one. Chris Maxwell is up in Scotland as well, not playing quite as regularly, but is getting some game time. Um, So, yeah, I think overall it was a strange trio. Well, a strange in in to just have that trio. Yeah, I agree. And I think, oh, and I think there's more than warranted uh, a place in that squad through loyalty, uh, you know, over the years, but also he is playing. He is playing well um, at the minute as well. So I would have thought he would have been at least worth a look at if nothing else just in that circumstance uh, and I think it's a shame I think it's a shame he's not but maybe Giggs thinks he's maybe a bit too old um, if he's just going to sit on the bench in all in all likelihood uh, and it's worth getting the younger keeper in who will play probably against Belarus uh, similar to like we did in Wrexham where he and Ward will probably play like a half each or something I could I could see that being the case Um yeah, so it's an interesting one, though, and I think ultimately, I suppose it doesn't really matter in that we know Hennessy's going to be number one, and we know Ward is going to be number two, and that's you know, barring something miraculous happen, that's pretty much the end of it, isn't it? Yeah, just while we're talking about Scotland, were you surprised Andy King wasn't called up? Yeah, sorry, that was someone I, I wanted to talk about as well. A few people have said that he obviously hasn't played, um, which is his reason, but he's still had a full pre-season. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 given that we're not exactly flush with options in that area, plus from what I've seen and spoken to a QPR supporting friend of mine, hello O's, um, that he's not really contributed a huge amount for QPR um, in the in the opening five games of the season. So I was a little bit surprised in the sense that also Ampadu's not playing. Um, so I, I was a bit surprised in that kind of element of things um, and I think he would be good cover for us but equally I suppose we've we've got enough variety and stuff in that in that area with Ramsey Ampadu Smith and of course Joe Allen so maybe he thought he had enough in there not to not to bring King in and was better off training and getting to know his teammates etc and him being fit in the longer term like we talked about with Ash for the October uh, October games yeah I mean if that's the thinking, at least it's some thinking as opposed yeah. to just I agree. 
not considered. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, right. We are in danger of waffling. Um, and we have uh, an interview with Rhiannon to come. Um, I'm just, we're just going to move this on very, very quickly through now to the women's qualifiers. Um, we've got uh, Rhiannon obviously talking through the, the, the two games against the Pharaohs and against Northern Ireland with us now. Um, we also, as a post-match a review of the game, we've got Tash Harding lined up uh, for an interview as well. So she's going to do the, the review, if you like, of the game uh, in, a, in a few weeks' time. So we're looking forward to that. So please keep an eye out for that one coming up as well. In the end, we had to split this podcast into two parts. Uh, Ruth and I, as always, have waffled on far too long, um, and we obviously didn't want to cut anything out of our interview with Rihanna Roberts, which is coming up next. Thank you for listening to part one. Part two will be released tomorrow, and that is our interview with Rihanna Roberts.